Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian, and for the next two weeks, we're going to be teaching 10 lessons out of the book of Matthew called Miracles in Matthew, taking individual cases to show you Jesus heals every sickness and every disease among everybody. You're going to be blessed. Join me in the Word of God today. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Great to have you here today. And I'm beginning today a series of 10 lessons, two weeks on healing. And I'm going to talk about the healing ministry of Jesus. And I'm calling this one Miracles in Matthew. The reason why I'm doing that, I think the book of Matthew probably has one of the best layouts, not individual going into depth healing as perhaps Luke would go into and John would go into it. No, these are just the way they're laid out is I appreciate it. And we actually, I think what Matthew did was he has an opening and closing and then in between the main miracles that Jesus did during the time he was healing people so strongly. There was healings before this time, there was healings after this time, but really what introduced it was Jesus being baptized in the River Jordan. And the thing that I wanna emphasize so strongly is that the healing ministry of Jesus is still here today, that when Jesus went to the cross, he not only died for our sin, to redeem us. He also died to uh, heal us from sickness and disease. And when I teach on the subject of prosperity, he also went for our prosperity on the cross. Those three things are all attached there. Each one of them point to the work of the cross when it comes to healing. Himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. We know with sin that Jesus took sin on the cross, became sin for us, but also prosperity. It tells us that Jesus Christ went to the cross and became poor for us, that through his poverty we might be rich. Now understand this, what I'm teaching on as far as healing is concerned is not the greatest thing Jesus did for us on the cross. The greatest thing he ever did for us was redeem us from our sin. But also he came into this natural life we have because sin is in our spiritual life. But he also came into our natural life to heal us of disease, but also bring finances our way. And I'm not going to be teaching on finances, but it simply comes back to this. If you understand the proper use of finances, and that's winning souls and taking care of God's people, uh, funding the mission activity, funding those who go out to minister the healing of God and the salvation of God. When we do that, then God will put money into our hands. And it came through the work of the cross. And it seemed like in those three areas, whether it's sin or whether it's sickness or whether it's poverty, all three are a curse that came from Satan. And Jesus went to the cross to redeem us from that curse, each one of those. But again, the greatest we come back to, and you must understand this, is redemption from sin. And that's what takes us to heaven. These other two that I mentioned are temporary. Healing is only temporary. Finances are only temporary. Finances are left in this earth. We got to use it while we were here. And then healing itself only lasts for a while. And it may last through your entire lifetime, but even then, if it lasts for 20, 30, 40 years, what is that in the light of eternity? And that God, the purpose of why he ministers healing through Jesus and also through us, the purpose of that is to win souls to Jesus Christ. It is a witnessing tool. And so we're gonna find out that Jesus healed sinners. By the droves, he heals sinners. And some people say, well, you know, healing is for Christians. Well, yes, it is for Christians. That's brought out in James where it says, is there any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church. But the main thing that Jesus did, 95% of all his healings was to the multitudes. And once he healed them, and it says right after that, and many believed on him. So this is what we're gonna be taking up. You know, I was raised in a Pentecostal home 
and my father believed in divine healing. I think the first time my dad talked to me, it was around five years old, something happened. I was just attacked. And in the middle of the living room, I fell to the floor screaming in pain. And my dad laid hands on me and commanded that thing to turn loose of me, and I was fine. Within just about 10 minutes, it hit me again, knocked me on the floor. And this time my dad didn't pray for me, didn't even speak to the thing. He just said, Satan, turn loose of him. And I, and I never had that problem with that again. And he said he never knew what it was. He never knew what to describe it, what kind of name it had. All he knows was it was an attack of Satan against me. And so throughout our lifetimes, there's been other times I've been prayed for and healed. Our daughter, my wife Loretta and I, our daughter, when she was very young, she suddenly broke out into a fever and she the fever would not go away and it was so it was so uh, strong and so hot her head was so hot that my wife and I both put our hands on her forehead and I mean it was hot we, we didn't take the temperature we didn't put a thermometer in to see how hot it was we just laid hands on her and I commanded that to turn loose of her that fever and both of us at the same time felt it disappear we felt her head go cool and she became fine at the very time we prayed I believe in divine healing I've seen it happen so often one man in our church had a, a fifth level pancreatic cancer, uh, you know, level five cancer. And uh, he was dying. He was a doctor, in fact. In fact, he was on his deathbed dying in the hospital. I went to see him and I said, I'm gonna pray for you for healing. He says, you know what? He says, pastor, thank you. I've seen so many people get healed. He said, I'm a doctor. He says, I know what's wrong with me. I know the symptoms I have. I know what it is. It's fifth level, fifth degree uh, cancer of my pancreas, he said, and there's no way out of that. He says, and being a doctor, I know all these things. And so it's gonna be hard for me to understand and hard for me to receive healing. I said, well, think about it this way. I said, my, just turn your mind blank right now and don't try to figure it out. I said, in fact, turn that analytical side of your brain off and just receive it. Just receive what I'm about to pray for. I said, because the Bible says, uh, Jesus, when John the Baptist was in prison and Jesus sent his disciples to go talk to him and, uh, he, and Jesus, said, you tell him when you get there that the blind receive their sight. I said, there's a key there. A blind person just receives their sight like you receive Jesus, like you receive the Holy Spirit, because it's a gift. I said, I want you to turn off the analytical side of your brain, the doctor side of your brain to where you know all the symptoms, how this thing got here, how impossible this is to heal. And I want you simply to receive the healing power of God. He said, I can do that. He closed his eyes. I prayed for him and that cancer totally disappeared. That was some 15 years ago. He's still out in the ministry today an old man and in the uh, uh, ministry of, of taking care of people, praying for them, all that, but he also has uh, uses the doctors there that are with him to help them. And that's his open door to get into cities and communities. So let's talk about this, about what Jesus did. His healing ministry actually begins in chapter four of the book of um, Matthew. And so we're gonna take that up here, these verses of scripture in Matthew chapter one. It says here in verse one, it talks about Jesus Christ as the son of Abraham and the son of David. Matthew brings out of the four gospels, the, the theme of Matthew is key, Jesus is the king of the Jews. And notice this, he's the son of Abraham, the son of David. Son of Abraham means he's a Jew. Son of David means that Jesus is a king. And so he's the king of the Jews. Secondly, in the book of Mark, he's seen as the servant of the father. And so by doing this and Mark coming to minister, again, 
he presents Jesus as the servant of God, coming to be humble and taking the lowest position possible around men in his life and also in his death. Luke, he's the only Greek author in the New Testament, teaches Jesus as the ideal man and his genealogy in chapter three of Luke goes all the way back to Adam. We find here in Matthew, he goes back to Abraham and David, but in the book of Luke, he goes all the way back to Adam and teaches him as the ideal man. To be a man, he has to come from Adam, so he goes back that far. John describes him as the eternal son of God. And so John, again, brings out his eternity, how he was here in eternity past. He was here when everything was created by him, all things were created. And, in, and we're gonna be taking up miracles in Matthew because like I said again, I like the way that Matthew describes and lays out the healing ministry of Jesus. In Matthew chapter four, Matthew chapter nine, it's like bookends. In Matthew chapter four, his healing ministry begins. In chapter nine, uh, it kind of culminates, although there's other healings after this. And everything in between describes and tells us that Jesus healed every kind of disease and every type of sickness among the people. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, Jesus described to his disciples, on this rock I'll build my church, and the rock is the confession of the Lordship of Jesus, the place where your faith is released. And this is also true for healing, not only for forgiveness of sins, there comes a time when from your mouth you voice it, believing in your heart and you receive that. And Jesus said on this rock, that's the confession of the Lordship of Jesus. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. If sin comes from hell, then sin cannot prevail against the simplicity of faith and our confession of the Lordship of Jesus. If sickness comes from hell, then Again, this same uh, confession of Jesus as our healer and trusting him as our healer and then speaking it out will bring healing into our body. And we're going to find this to be true, that Jesus spoke over sick people. Some of the sick people spoke out in agreement with what Jesus had to say. And we're going to find these things working together that divine healing is actually a manifestation of Jesus' ability to forgive sins. What I'm offering in this is called Miracles in Matthew. What I'm teaching here, here on the broadcast will be taught in this, and this is a CD series on the subject of Miracles in Matthew. What I'm teaching here on the broadcast is brought out in that also. And then I have a book on the grace of healing, and the grace of healing, we're gonna find out the book of Matthew mainly deals with faith for healing, but that's from man's point of view. And I wrote a book from God's point of view called The Grace of Healing, that really our faith has nothing to receive if God's grace isn't there first. God's grace is a full hand reaching out to us and faith is our empty hand reaching out to him to take of what's in his full hand. And so here again, we have this, and I know it's gonna be a great blessing to you. So the church is both for Jews and Gentiles and therefore anything attached to the church, anything attached to these gospels we're talking about in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is for Jews and Gentiles. We often think the Old Testament was written to the Jews, and it is, but also the things that were there are available for Gentiles too, except we don't have to go through the law to get saved, and neither did the Jews in the Old Testament. The law was never given for salvation. So again, the church is for Jews and for Gentiles, and Jesus really opened this up strongly in his ministry and welcomed the Gentiles. Of course, the Jews got very upset with him. To us, Jesus is the head of the church, and Jesus came to fulfill all of the law. In Matthew 5, 17, he came to fulfill the law, every jot, every tittle of it. And so uh, all the 
things that are written about the law, Jesus fulfilled it in his lifetime here on this earth and then culminated it by going to the cross and becoming the sacrifice. And so we want, oftentimes, we want to abolish those parts which were strictly Jewish, enforce those parts which are for all of us. And the point of it is there's no part of it to be abolished. Jesus did not abolish the law. No, he fulfilled it. The law is still there, but it never was given for salvation. It never was given for divine healing. It was given to us to teach us about the plan of God. And in, in essence, the law when studied, since it's part of the word of God, can bring faith to our heart. And it's the faith that God is looking for. Acts chapter 10 and verse 38 tells us Jesus and uh, uh, heal people because he was anointed by the Holy Spirit to do so. Acts chapter 10, verse 38 says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. There's a key word we're going to talk about there. He healed all who were oppressed of the devil, not just some. We're going to find that when Jesus healed, it says he healed everybody. And that is repeated over and over and over again. Healing is as much God's will as salvation is God's will. We'll see you right after the break. Miracles in Matthew is a systematic studying of the healing miracles of Jesus, which are presented to us in the book of Matthew. This series emphasizes the fact that Jesus healed believer and unbeliever, Jew and Gentile, male and female, old and young, rich and poor. He made no distinctions. Healing was and is for all. The sermon titles in this 10-message set are Jesus' Healing Ministry, Jesus' First Healing, The God of the Impossible, Healing of the Centurion Servant, Peter's Mother-in-Law, Think on These Things, After the Healing, You Are Forgiven, The Healing of the Two Women, and Avoiding Unbelief. To order Miracles in Matthew, visit our website at bobyandian.com. How much faith do I need to be healed? In The Grace of Healing, Bob Yandian answers this question and reveals the missing ingredient to the healing you've been praying for, grace. Throughout church history, the doctrines of grace and faith have been taken to separate extremes as they relate to healing. The result is that many believers struggle to receive healing from God. Those on the side of grace deny the need for faith, believing that God only heals a select few. For those who only see a need for faith, the pursuit of healing becomes a legalistic struggle to change God's mind. Pastor Bob takes a different approach with practical biblical teaching that balances both elements of grace and faith. You'll find the healing you've been waiting for when you find the missing ingredient of grace. To order The Grace of Healing, visit bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership.
I want to say thank you to those who are watching today who are part of those who are my partners in this ministry, those who have joined me in their heart and then joined me with their finances and prayers on a monthly basis. Thank you. You know what? I could use more of you. There's things I still want to do, things I foresee in the future, and I would love for you to become a partner with me in doing this. I thank God for the individual offerings that are sent in from time to time. People send offerings. I thank you for that. But I especially appreciate those who say, listen, this ministry is important to me. And I want to join with you, Pastor Bob, and become a partner with you. It's simple. Go to bobbyandian.com. You'll find there a place where you can become a partner with me. And I thank you ahead of time. It's partners like you that make this possible. And again, I say this quite often, but people say, well, it's God that makes it possible. Oh, I agree. That's true. But God works through people. And it's you giving into this ministry that really make it possible in this natural financial realm down here. God made it possible with a calling, with the word in my heart, with the ability to preach and teach. That's what God has given me, but I can't do it. It's like a church. You know, you need givers in the church, workers in the church. And yes, it started with God, the calling of God, the finding of a building, all the different things God does, but it comes because people participated in, and this is God's plan. If it was all of God and you didn't do anything, you wouldn't appreciate everything. But once you become a part of it, give into it, those finances represent you. And again, I thank you for it. BobYandian.com. And there you can become a partner with me. Acts 10.38 was where we left off. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Notice two things. He anointed him with the Holy Spirit, but he also anointed him with power. The Holy Spirit was for the gifts of the Spirit to operate. Power was for healings and miracles. And the word power, dunamis, it goes on to say, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. I want you to notice the word all. It says all who were oppressed of the devil. So some people say, well, you know, God does cause sickness and disease. No, it comes from Satan. And that, that way they can get around it. Well, see, if my sickness came from God, then he, he can't heal it. He heals all oppressed by the devil. Well, listen, God has at times throughout the word of God sent sickness, but it's only on the unbelievers and the evil. The curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked, but he blesses the habitation of the just. When sickness comes our way, God wants us to stand against it, use his word against it, make sure we're in fellowship with God, no sin in our life, and then God's healing power can begin to work through us and we can see that healing come. Jesus began his healing and miracle ministry under the baptism of John the Baptist. Jesus had a calling. Jesus studied. Jesus prepared. Uh, Jesus was uh, actually waiting for his ministry to open up. And then at age 30, Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan by John the Baptist and entered into his public ministry. It was at that time that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, Act 1038, we just looked at it, that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. I want you to notice what Acts 1038 does not say, how God anointed Christ of heaven with the Holy Spirit and with power. People say, well, you know, he healed because he was God. No, he healed because he was a human being anointed by the Holy Spirit. You see, if God could anoint Jesus of Nazareth, he could anoint Bob from Bigsby here in Tulsa. And if that's the case, then he can anoint Bill from, you know, wherever you're from or, or Mary, wherever you're from. If he could anoint a human being, you say, yeah, but Jesus was a perfect human being. True. But once we're born again, God sees us as the righteousness of God and then wants to, again, fill us with the Holy Spirit. 
and bring his healing power upon us too, to where we can go out and begin to do what Jesus did. You say, well, that isn't said in the word of God. Yes, it is. The great commission was, you now go into all the world and preach the gospel. You lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. You cast out devils and you can be anointed too. So just as God anointed a human being, Jesus of Nazareth, not his deity was anointed. His deity was always anointed, but God didn't heal through deity. God healed through humanity, which was anointed by the Holy Spirit, that opens up the door for you. Then he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Every gospel records this event. Was Jesus still the son of God without that anointing? Of course he was. Could he accomplish his ministry? No, because the ministry was carried out through his humanity that was anointed by the Holy Spirit to show us if God did it that way through him, he can do it that way with us. It's the same thing with us. Sickness today is still an oppression of the devil. Sickness is not a blessing from God. Dunamis is this power being spoken of here, which is the self perpetuating healing power that comes from God. In Mark chapter five, verse 25 through 30 in the King James, it's called virtue. That's because of the purity of it. It's the power of God. The same thing in Luke chapter six, verse 17 through 19, it's called virtue there. But in Luke chapter five and verse seven, it's called power. And so it's translated power, but it's also translated virtue, but talks about the perfectness of that power, the beauty of that power, the holiness of that power. It's not done through man's hands. The power comes through man's hands, but it comes from the virtue of God himself and the power of God himself. At the baptism, it says that God was well pleased with Jesus. For 30 years, he had proven himself before God and we understand something here. Holiness is an important key to the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Holiness is an important key to a long and sustained ministry. And oftentimes ministries fall apart because people do not continue to walk in holiness before God. A great example in the Old Testament was Samson. And yes, he did some tremendous, mighty things, but you know what? He couldn't manage the holiness part. He kept sinning, doing things wrong, and eventually that power failed in him. So what God wants us to do is begin to walk in holiness, operating God's power, but continue that holy walk before God because holiness is a great key to also winning souls. It's how people see our righteousness. Faith is what causes the healing power of God to flow out of us to the sick person. Faith in, to, in the power of God on our part and then faith on the part of the person being healed to receive that healing power. So it's the faith of the sick one that receives it, the faith of the one praying for God to move that power from us into the person. It's literally faith on both ends. And then we come also to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And that's gonna be demonstrated in the life of Jesus also. All this begins with the outpouring of the Spirit upon Jesus and the anointing is a synonym for all this. And that gift of the Holy Spirit upon Jesus is given to us after we're born again if we'll simply receive the Holy Spirit. It happened in Acts chapter two, Acts chapter four, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter eight, 
In Acts chapter 19, we have the stories there of that anointing, that power of God coming on a group of people. And in the New Testament, after Jesus Christ arose from the dead, it's also demonstrated by speaking with other tongues. The anointing is also a synonym for the healing power of God. Let's take a look at Matthew chapter four. And here we have the introduction to Jesus' healing ministry. In Matthew chapter four, let's take a look at verse 23 through verse 25. Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of disease and all kinds of sickness among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demon possessed epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. Heal them what? Heal them all. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee and from Decapolis and Jerusalem, Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. Matthew chapter four, here this verse of scripture we're now describing opens up the healing ministry of Jesus. And then we have almost this same wording in Matthew chapter nine. Take a look at Matthew chapter nine and verse 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. You know what these two verses are? Here in chapter four, we have the Lord speaking about the ministry of Jesus. And in Matthew chapter four, in verse 23, we have the opening of the parenthesis. And in Matthew chapter nine, we have the closing of the parenthesis. Matthew chapter four says, Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And in Matthew chapter nine, we have the same thing brought out here in this verse of scripture. In verse 35, Jesus went about to all the cities, all the villages, teaching in their synagogues, healing every sickness and every disease. There's an opening of the parenthesis, a clothing of the parenthesis. And in there, we have the first time mentioned the book of Matthew, individuals being healed. Up until chapter four, what we have is multitudes being healed and there's no description of individual cases. It's just people getting healed. But beginning in chapter four, where we're describing this, and by the time we come to chapter eight, we now move in chapter eight to the individuals who got healed. And the first one we're gonna be talking about the next time we come back was the man who came to Jesus, a leper, and he was healed. He'll be the first one. So in Matthew chapter nine and verse 35, Jesus went about to all the cities and the villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Here's what it simply says. Jesus went about to all the cities and villages. That's large cities and villages. What did he do in each place? Whether it was large or whether it was small, taught the same thing. Didn't have special uh, you know, ministry for large cities. Didn't have special uh, sermons he put together for small towns. No, he preached the same thing everywhere he went because sickness was the same everywhere. Sin was the same everywhere. Rebellion was the same everywhere. Judaism had its power everywhere. And Jesus taught the same thing wherever he went. He did not discriminate. And he just let her loose in small towns and let her loose in big cities. Jesus went about to all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, then preaching the gospel of the kingdom. What's the difference here between teaching and preaching? 
Teaching is mainly to believers, but preaching is the gospel to sinners. But here's the other thing too. He mainly taught in the synagogues and he mainly preached the gospel on the streets. That's why it says here, teaching in the synagogues and then preaching the gospel is separated from that because he preached the gospel and laid hands on the sick in the streets, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. You can underline those words every, why? Because healing is for everyone and healing is for every single disease. Introduced, healing was introduced as a tool to win the lost in Acts chapter one and verse eight, how that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good preaching to all these people. Again, healing is a tool to win the lost. The order of healings in Matthew is important. We will find out that all were healed, Acts 10, 38. Every believer then now becomes a preacher, a teacher, and a healer, and we do the same thing. That laying hands on the sick is part of our witnessing to people to win them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Preaching and teaching are a means of producing and maintaining healing and bringing people to the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is found in Matthew chapter 13, verses 15 and 16. We'll continue tomorrow when we'll talk about the healing of the leper. See you then. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.